What's going on ladies and gents, Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com and today, today I've got my client, Jonathan Shane, who just did his first competition and we wanted to have like a recap conversation afterwards, so I figured we'd just throw it all into a podcast and kind of see what lessons were learned. Uh, so without further ado... How are you, man? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, thank you for having me. It's, it's awesome to be able to kind of just to, uh, be involved on, on the podcast and stuff. You know, I listen to them all the time. So it's kind of cool just to share my story on it and talk and kind of, uh, you know, flesh it out and all that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Podcasting is cool. It's just a, it's a cool platform to have a conversation. And then that conversation turned into something that other people might be interested in hearing, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Me, uh, it's actually funny. So we have an AV director for uh, the church that I help run, and um, we have a we have a podcast that we do every Tuesday, which is kind of cool. So yeah, I like them. I like them a lot. Very cool. Very cool. So give give the audience. I mean, I, I pretty much know your story, but for anybody that doesn't know, give the audience um kind of like a an introduction to you. Kind of like you know what made you want to do this competition, what led up to this, what was your you know history like before starting keto. Just kind of give us all some context. Okay. Um, so you know, my name's Jonathan Shane. Uh, really, I would say that the whole, to be able to understand where I'm at now, um, you'd have to really get to know me. Uh, when I said uh, about 14 years old is kind of when all this really started, fitness, health, all that. Um, so when I was 14, I was, my parents kind of split up when I was younger. Uh, they divorced when I was like two. And and, you know, they did the best they could with the situation, but I was raised by my mom mostly. So, you know, and, and she had, uh, you know, emotional eating and things like that and just things she leaned on to cope. And so that's what I did. It was just something that I kind of picked up on um, very subconsciously. And so growing up, you know, if ever I got in a stressful environment, which, you know, dealing with the whole uh, family situation that happened quite often, you know, I would just emotionally eat. And so I was very heavy set early on. Uh, when I was 14, I had broke my hand in football practice. I punched a guy in the kneecap and like busted my hand. And so it got me sent to the doctor. And when I got to the doctor, I got on the scale and I was 259 pounds. I was 14, 259 pounds. I'll never forget that number. Um, but what I really won't forget more than that was the conversation I had with her after my blood work came back in. And my total cholesterol was like 265. Um they they trying to put me on like like statins and all this and it like really freaked me out and so that plus the getting you know picked on at school for being overweight just really i mean i remember i went home that day and i was like all right i'm changing my life today i'm changing my life i went i'm not i'm not kidding you <laughs> robert i got up and you could even ask my mother this story sometime uh if you ever get to meet her she uh i i, I got home put on some like really ripped up shorts and I went to the park and I ran two miles with a broken hand cast and like I like I got home and I got passed out literally like I dropped puked everywhere my hands were shaking I was trying to make a protein shake cut myself with a knife I remember that whole day because like that was the day my life changed <laughs> um and from that point on just I just started getting real focused on I guess my idea of fitness at the time you know the whole stereotypical fats are bad concept was really big when i was that age that was like 10 years ago um mm -hmm. and so like all i ate <laughs> all i ate all day was uh captain crunch skim milk chicken breast and uh spinach leaves with fat-free ranch like that was my diet for like three years that uh, sounds like a pretty healthy balanced uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> nutrition. Wait, captain crunch chicken breast and uh <laughs> fat-free ranch is exactly what was going on and i thought i was doing it, it was crazy though was that the was that the the weight was coming off but obviously now i know that was more due to the um, energy expenditure because i was pushing myself physically more and then also uh calorically it wasn't very high you know because carbs mm -hmm. and protein aren't very dense and i had literally i mean i ate maybe 15 grams of fat a day i mean extremely extremely low um, and so the weight came off. Um, I lost like, I went from like 260 to like 200 in like five months. I would say this is like a freshman going into sophomore year of high school. And then, but I still like, it was weird. I was still overweight, but I wasn't as overweight, but like I was trying to fill out building confidence in myself. 
but people mm-hmm. like still picked on me because you know I was still overweight. I was still fat, John, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and I ended up getting this fear of like gaining weight again, and so I lost. I, I got all the way down to about one ninety, and like my weight stalled, and I freaked out, and so I got emotional, and I tried to eat, and I started gaining weight, and I was like, oh, all oh, you know, all oh, heck no. Um, and I actually ended up. Uh, I started purging. I started developing a, uh, this is when my eating disorder kind of came in. I started to uh, become bulimic. Um, and at first, you know, it was maybe once or twice a week when I ate too much. And then it started being every day. Like it was like part of my system. Like it didn't matter what I ate. It could have been like the healthiest meal in the world. I made sure I went and took a shower after I ate and I threw up or I went out back and I threw up in the backyard or in a bag or something. Um, and you were keeping all this quiet from, from like your mom and everybody yeah. in the game, I'm assuming? Yeah, I was kept very quiet. I was very embarrassed of it, but I was, it was like, it was like, I was embarrassed of what I was doing, but I was more embarrassed of, and ashamed of the idea of me getting fat. Like the fear of fat was huge. Um, mm-hmm. And so I ended up getting down to like 170. Um, it's weird because I started modeling for Academy. Like I actually got really, really like, I guess, leanish. I would say I definitely lost a lot of muscle. Like my football coaches were pissed because I was a lineman and like I lost mm-hmm. a lot of my strength. They were not happy with me. But like it was weird because like I was modeling and people were starting to notice that I, you know, I get attention. You know, like, I got a girlfriend, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, you know. I, so from the outside perspective in high school, like my life was going great, but internally I was really messed up and struggling fighting this battle. And then I remember. I would say halfway into my first semester of junior year of high school, uh, I had so much, and, and I hope this isn't like too graphic for people. Uh, I had like thrown up so much behind the rocks in the, my backyard that my dog started being able to find it, eat it. And that's what got my mom to go look back there and she found it all. And that's when things got kind of crazy because obviously she confronted me about it. And it was like something that, you know, it wasn't like a, she had a speculation and I kind of had to like, you know, w- work around it. Like there was no getting around this. Like I, I, I was screwed. Um, and so it's going to be a very uncomfortable conversation. It was, it was, it was really hard for me because I, I was already ashamed of it, you know, and I hadn't told anybody and, and she found out. And then, you know, um, obviously we had the conversation and I didn't have the conversation with anybody else, but everybody else, like if I went over to my dad's for the weekend or something, like, People would like, you know, uh, uh, come and check on me if I went to the bathroom abruptly or, you know, so like I knew she told people to watch out for it. Um, and so that was really, that was a really weird season. Um, Grant, I still struggled with it uh, for sure for a long time after that. But um, that was definitely like the the point where I was like, okay, like, I need to start fighting this because this isn't healthy. I mean, it's not, and now it's not just causing damage to me. It's causing damage to the people around me, right? Um, and obviously, I noticed because I was so lacking in nutrients that uh, I wasn't able to get stronger. And no, no, nothing was really happening that was positive at all at that point. Mm-hmm. And then you got something? No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah. So, and then so second semester of junior year and you know i know this is more like a nutritional podcast but my as you get to know me my spiritual side of me really is a huge foundation of of my nutrition like i really believe like the spiritual and the physical attributes of a human really do go hand in hand there's a lot of um, parallels um and so it's important for me to set that foundation for really the rest of it to make sense so junior year um i ended up becoming a christian um which can obviously be another story for another time but I ended up, you know, uh, getting saved, et cetera. And that really kind of put a foundation in me to, okay, my body's this temple, you know, it's made in God's image, et cetera. Like I need to, I need to supply it, right. I need to treat it right. Right. Like uh, I can't treat this thing bad. And so that really forced me to start diving into nutrition. That's really what got me started in like actually studying like, okay, fats aren't bad, complex carbs, you know, I need to do this, this, and this. And that's when I got into the flexible dieting. Um, it started tracking, you know, my fitness pal, my app, what I use to track my food right now. Like it has, uh, day logs from like 2011 still. Um, cause I've just been using my fitness pal for that long and I got really into it. Um, 
got healthy, put on some, got got stronger, was still scared of fat. At this point, um, the bulimia really never went away. I was still constantly like, if I overate or I had a day where my, my friends wouldn't go out to eat and I overate, it would still be there. Sometimes I triggered it and I still purged. Um, and so this is still in and out. I'm fighting this like internal struggle with my fear of of gaining weight and going back, but also trying to you know, not waste food now. Now there's other things on my mind, like, well, how can I eat this and waste it when there's people that don't have food, um, you know, et cetera. How can I, you know, how can I deal with this in a way that that's healthy? And, you know, you know, just overall, just like the struggle internally that I was going through. And then, then I, I got to play a season of football in college. And so at college was a weird time for me. I was trying to, you know, you're at that age where you're trying to find yourself. You're trying to figure out who you are. And so the the bulimia actually wasn't really an issue then. I was just trying to eat and get bigger because I realized, like, dude, like, you're going to have to get bigger because, like, you think you were big in high school and I really wasn't. Like, these dudes, like, college football players are huge. <laughs> like, I remember, like, when I was in high school, I used to be able to pick some of my running backs up and wide receivers up, you know, carry them around, you know, because, like, in football you just do dumb stuff like that and i remember the first time i met one of my linemen i was making a joke and i pushed him and i'm like 225 pounds in college and this dude just like grabs me by the back of the back of the like by the back of the shirt like picks me up holds me in the air you know, this dude's like six foot five 300 something pounds so i mean these guys were gigantic um and so losing weight and all that and keeping the fat off wasn't really like it didn't really become my forefront um, so I ate and ate and ate and I ended up putting on a lot of fat and I stopped working out cause like I broke my shoulder during that season and I just really didn't have the motivation anymore. Like the football was taken from me. Everything was taken from me. It was, it was a really hard season in my life, my first year of college. And so I ended up losing a bunch of muscle. I stopped working out. I got, I got put on a bunch of weight and then the bulimia came back and I started struggling with that again. Um, what did you get up to weight wise? Um, I got up to two thirty, so not, I mean, okay. not terribly bad, but you got to think like, like when I say I had a fear of gaining fat, especially when I thought about it and dwelt on it, like it was bad. Like the idea of gaining five pounds on the scale, which I won't talk about the reverse diet. <laughs> I'll bring that up. Mm -hmm. But like the idea of gaining five pounds on the scale was absolutely terrifying, you know? And so just being able to like understand like when people see the scale and they freak out, I, I get it. Like don't ever think that I'm just like, you know, like someone's just telling you, Oh, don't worry about it. Like I understand it's hard. Like the scale is a sensitive thing. It's a, it's a sensitive psychological issue. It really is. Um, it can be a very unhealthy number to stare at every day. <laughs> and so yeah. I definitely, you know, I struggled with that. And then I guess that went on, you know, struggling back and forth with that. Not really. You know, I was a, I was an occasional gym goer, uh, and then I ended up moving to Pasadena, which is just south of Houston, Houston, Texas, south southeast of it. And I ended up living it by myself. Uh, went through a bad relationship there, and this is—I think I'm—I'm I'm 19. So this is about a year and a half after my first semester of college. I'm 19, and I ended up meeting my future wife, and that's when I first found uh, keto. So I'm trying to lose weight and stuff. And I see this thing called keto and I'm like, high fat. That's stupid. <laughs> what did you see? Like, was it like, in a, like on the internet or something? Yeah, it was the internet. So it was just a forum. There was like no like sponsored coach or anything at the time. Um, in fact, it wasn't until like a year later, year and a half later that I actually like um, listened to podcasts about keto and stuff like that. Like Drew Manning, Fit to Fat to Fit, all those, et cetera. Um, mm -hmm. But at that time, I just saw, oh, high fat. So I literally just like cut my carbs out. Um, I didn't know anything about the the moderate protein thing. So like I ate a bunch of chicken breasts covered in cheese and butter. Didn't know anything about electrolytes. So like I, I I lost weight like the first like two weeks, and then I remember there was about a three week period there that I kept trying to do it, and I was I was a net carb junkie too. So high protein. Um, uh, counting the net carbs, so I'd eat like seventy, eighty total carbs a day, but like. 40 of them would be fiber. I bought like keto bars and, you know, peanut butter Jif brand. I mean, like I was, <laughs> it was bad. It was not keto. <laughs> and I remember 
like the last like two weeks, I had to drink like five cups of coffee to stay awake because I was just so lethargic because I had no sodium. I had no potassium. I had no magnesium. I had none of those things in my body. And so I said, dude, keto, of course, I didn't know that at the time. So to me, in my head, I was just like, dude, high fat, this doesn't work for me. It sucks because I kind of like it because it worked. But, you know, so I quit keto, went back to flexible dieting. And then I got a job at LA Fitness. I got married to my wife. So this is now January of 2016. Got married to my wife at LA Fitness. Um, became a, uh, I started selling personal training, got really into training, really into fitness. I mean, like, like to the point where I was when I was like training for college football. Like I got, it all came back. Like I, I was going to the gym. I was running every day. And then I decided that, you know, ooh, it'd be kind of fun to compete. You know, I'm a competitive person. I want to try something out. And I ended up getting a coach and he was terrible. Like he texted me like once every couple of days. He emailed me my macros. We never talked. I never met him, never saw him. And he went to the same gym that I went to. So that tells you how involved he was with his clients. Um, yeah. And so that put a really bad taste in my mouth. I was like, well, this is what this is. I, I guess I have discipline and motivation, but I don't have, I, I mean, I don't even know what I'm doing. So I quit that after like a month. That didn't go well. And then... The flexible dieting was interesting because I was definitely doing like a mini yo-yo diet. Like I would eat like 1,200, 1,300 calories a day and then I would have like a 6,000 calorie cheat day. And I did that every yeah. single week. Um, and it was dumb because it kind of worked at first, but uh, in terms of losing weight, I, it wasn't healthy. I'm not saying it was healthy at all. But I'd say about eight weeks into that, um, I started realizing that my cheat day would carry over to the next day. And then the next day, so I'd go like 12, 12, 6,000. 3,000, 2,000, 12, 12, 12. It, like it just kept going. And the next thing you know, I wasn't losing weight anymore. So I was like, this isn't working. And then I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw a video from Drew Manning. And he has this, uh, this is one of his sponsored ones that he likes to do where he has like a cup of oil and a cup of bread. He pours water in both. And then he comes back like an hour later and the bread's all soaked up and the oil's separated from the water. And he's like, dude, this is what happens. That's why you need salt, potassium, magnesium. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. And so I started Googling keto and actually studying it, you know, because at that time I had gotten into a habit of studying nutrition, studying flexible dieting, studying calories. And so it was out of habit. I just dove right into it. I'm like, all right, what was I missing? Was there a piece of this puzzle I was missing to make, make this successful? Red Drew Manning, Red Brandon Carter. You know, I don't, I don't think he's really into keto anymore, but at that time he was. Um, all those guys, uh, Jason Whitrock. Um, and I started studying all these guys and I started realizing there was a lot of things I'd done wrong. And so I told my wife, I'm like, hey, I want to try this again, um, you know, because I tried the flexible dieting. I tried being vegan, uh, all, all these things. I, you know, I'd gone through them all. And this is the one thing that I had done before, but I guess I really hadn't done. It was more like a, like a, like a really like bad version of paleo. It wasn't keto at all. So I was like, I want to do this. I want to try this. I think it'll work for me. And so I tried it. Um, I started doing it real serious after studying, putting together a plan October, October of last year, right after Hurricane Harvey hit. So actually maybe like September of last year. Yeah. So, so this month would be a year I've been keto. Um, and it went great. I skipped the keto flu. I didn't even have a keto flu. I mean, I jumped right into ketosis. My electrolytes solid on number on point. Um, and I ended up actually really getting, getting pretty lean. Um, of course, Still then, like I had the willpower to like eat certain food groups, but in terms of like being consistent with calories and macros and all that, I wasn't. Um, mm -hmm. So it wasn't like the best cut, you know? And at that time, my metabolism was so jacked from all the yo-yoing and different diets I had tried and not being consistent. So I got down to like 180 at Christmas time, you know? And my I, I went up to um, Kentucky last Christmas to like meet my, my in-law, or not meet my in-laws, but hang out with them. And they ended up, by the time I had left, they all were doing keto. Like, I convinced them all, like, keto's the way. Um, and then, uh, awesome. yeah, they, 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 they have a nickname for me because they're all, like, strong Christians. And so I'm called the Keto Evangelist. <laughs> That's what they call me. Uh, I like it. I yeah. like it. And then when I came back home, I got all my church to go keto. So almost my entire church in some version, whether they do, like, a lazy keto or a strict keto, they're all keto right now. I think like, there's one family that's not. Um so it's just like, it just ended up consuming my world. And then at that point, I remember that's when I first emailed you. So I remember it was early December before I went to Kentucky. I saw, I was re watching YouTube videos and I saw your keto, your first KetoCon uh, uh, talk. 
and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wow, dude, this dude's a bodybuilder. And I saw like your video of your show and I was like, dude, this dude was peeled. This is crazy. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so I emailed you and it was so, I loved an, automatically. I loved how even though I wasn't your client, even though I wasn't paying you money, you gave me advice. You replied, you responded, you engaged me, right? And so I was just like, dude, this dude's awesome. And I remember I like told you, like, I, I was thinking about competing because, you know, it, it's just like me, like I needed some, I need a goal. Like I really, for me to be, like, I have a willpower, but for me to really focus and channel that willpower, I need a goal. And so competing mm-hmm. was like, you know what, maybe I should try this again. Maybe, and, and obviously seeing your videos, I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is possible. Um, and so I remember January, I came back and I was like, all right, I want to bulk. Cause you know, I do like, I do like a a six week bulking season i get scared of getting fat and then i'd cut and it was like that all the time for like five or six years depending didn't matter the diet and then so i was like all right i need to bulk you know i went through my normal like yo-yo and i like started eating like four thousand calories a day and i put on like 20 pounds a lot of it was fat some of it was muscle um you know my, my, my i kept my macros around 70 percent fat 20 percent protein 10 percent carbs my carbs were really high i ate a lot of keto like desserts and stuff keto friendly things and mm-hmm. i remember i ended up finally you know i talked to my wife and said hey i think i want to compete you know i'm putting on muscle i feel you know i really want to i want i want to do this i want to see if there's something here that i would enjoy and that's when i ended up getting with you and you know uh starting that journey so that's kind of up to this season of the the, the contest that's kind of where i'm at that's me fitness-wise. Yeah, I remember, I remember when you contacted me, man, and started working with me, I had that initial client call with you, and you're like, yeah, I'm at about, you know, 4,000-something calories a day right now, which was really high. I mean, I don't normally get clients that are starting at that high of a caloric intake. So we, we prepped for, shoot, how long was it in total? 27 like weeks. 27 weeks, yeah, so quite a while, um, you know, which is good because that's much more sustainable and, like, manageable. Like, we made very small incremental changes over those 27 weeks. A lot of people make the mistake of doing too short of cuts and then just cutting their calories too drastically. But I mean, you definitely got hungry as, as, as is to be expected, but I feel like, you know, we didn't do any damage to your metabolism or hormones. Like a lot of competitors make the mistake of doing. Yeah, no, I, you know, and I think once a day I go through my, uh, my drive, my Excel spreadsheet that you give to your clients. And I, I read mm-hmm. through it and I kind of take notes in my head of like, okay, this is when I gain the most muscle. This is when I, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I realized that, you know, the way that you did it was perfect for my first time. It wasn't extreme, you know, that the cardio wasn't too crazy because, you know, I, I wasn't even really sure, you know, this is something that I wanted to do full time. This was something that I was just going to do this one time. And maybe if it got too extreme, I'd back out. But also my metabolism was really jacked. And so I needed the high calories at the beginning to really put muscle in my frame. Because I did, I gained about six pounds of muscle during a during what technically was a cut. And so because I actually went to the gym and I was really focusing on the, the areas I needed to grow, like my shoulders and my back and all that. Because um, if you look at my, my, my photos I first sent you, I thought I, I, I thought I was in decent shape, man. I was like, I'm 15% body fat, blah, blah, blah. But I look at those photos now and I'm like, dude, I was like 27% body fat. I had a lot of body fat on me and I was not very symmetrical at all. Um, yeah, It's funny. People, I mean, people think that they are much leaner than they actually are. And it takes some perspective. Like, that's just a common mistake. Like, it's not, it's not their fault. They're just ignorant. But it, it takes some perspective. And when you get leaner, you have that perspective. So you can kind of look back and see okay, this is what, you know, 10% body fat actually looks like on me. And so I must have been like 20% in this picture, you know, but that's good because now you have that knowledge going forward so you can kind of gauge things, you know, as you be more instinctive with it. Oh, no, no doubt, no doubt. But yeah, I think I think my prep for my very first time, getting my feet wet, trying to figure out if I even really wanted to do what I was saying I wanted to do, I think it was, I think it went perfect. I think it was, it was structured the way it needed to be. It was um, you know, it was taken really, taken really, really slow, um, gradually, as you said, chipping away, kind of let me get adjusted to the, uh, the lower calories and learning to be consistent this is the most consistent I've ever been with like color, like calorically diet, the self-control, the discipline. Like I talked about it on one of my Instagram stories, like consistency. And like, I thought 
I knew what consistency was. I thought I knew what discipline was. And until I started prepping, like, like my idea of discipline was good, but compared to what you need to really pursue a goal, it, it was a joke. Like I really had to develop true discipline during this prep, right? And so. Yeah, I consider bodybuilding like no joke, the definition of discipline and consistency. Like I can't honestly think of any other sport. And I mean, I, I appreciate and I respect all sports, but as far as like just utmost discipline and consistency, I, I can't think of another sport that just requires just so much hyper focus in on the smallest little details on a 24 seven basis, you know? Yeah, no doubt. I remember when I was first, you know, when, when I did calories before, you know, I'd go 20 over, even at the beginning of my prep, I was watching some of my vlogs on my YouTube channel and I'm like, oh, I went 20 grams over my protein, no big deal. And then like you watch like my prep uh, and this is like 26 weeks out. And then you watch like my, uh, my vlogs from like four weeks out, three weeks out. I'm like, dude, I went two grams over. That's ridiculous. Like I need to square mm -hmm. up. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, that, that habit forming is, is key. Like if you, if you start a prep and you don't have to be doing a competition, like you can just be trying to improve your composition, you know, and, and get healthier. But if you start a cut or, or anything and you're already, you know, being lax with your macros or being lax with your training and you're like, ah, oh, it's just one day, uh, you know, what is 20 grams? I mean, that is just a flawed mindset from the get-go and you've basically already flipped the switch to screw up later. And I don't know, like when I, when I go into a contest prep, first of all, I have to know with absolute certainty that this is what I'm going to do. This is what the next, you know, four or five, six months of my life is going to consist of. And that's it, you know, like, like I've got other stuff that's going to come into the picture for sure. Like life still goes on, but I realize and make peace with the fact that I am about to get freaking serious. And then when I make that commitment, I flip a switch and it's just like game time and I don't cheat at all. And that's necessary. No, I, I completely agree with you. That's one thing I had to learn. You know, uh, when I went into it, I had like this, even though I didn't think I realized it, I had a really complacent attitude that I, that I was disciplined and I was consistent. And then like, as I started to dial down and really um, just focus in on the fact, okay, dude, like, you know, you're not 27 weeks away, you're 23 weeks away, you're 20, you're 20 weeks away. Like, okay, this isn't a joke anymore. Like, are you going to do this? If so, you're still fat. Like, you need to get your act together. <laughs> um, you need mm -hmm. to like really narrow in on this. This has got to get serious. And it was interesting, even up until the last week, like, I was slowly making like little tiny um, adjustments to get stricter. Um, and that's why I feel like this prep was good, but it, you know, I, obviously I know there's a lot of things I could have done different, uh, because there were things I was lax about at the beginning and I switched and then I switched and then I adjusted this and I adjusted this. And, you know, then I started planning out my meals for the entire week instead of changing it every day. And then, you know, I think the last four weeks I was probably the most consistent in terms of like what I ate. Like I ate beef liver, eggs, olives, and a macadamia cocoa powder shake every single day the last like three weeks of my prep um and that was the most and, and i that's when i was really drilling it and i'm like man now i'm looking at it now and i'm like dude like my next prep is going to be a whole nother animal because <laughs> the first week like i'm balls to the walls like gram for gram it's not you know because i know what to expect now and i know i want to do this and, you know, and I want to bring that next level, you know, I want to bring a, a new person to the stage next time. It's kind of crazy, man. Like a lot of people, when they do their first show, like, you know, a couple of weeks out, you know, I'll ask them the question of, you think you're going to do this again? They're like, oh, hell no, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> and then like, as soon as they step off stage, they're like looking for when the next show is because they're freaking hooked. Oh, I was, I, w I was addicted. I mean, just. I remember, so we're getting pumped up in the back room and I'm not getting pumped up yet. You know, I'm still under my blanket with my heating pad and um, they're all looking at me like I'm stupid anyways because like they're all eating rice cakes. I'm eating my sun butter, you know, like they watched me eat a whole pizza during the, the check-in meeting the night before the whole. <laughs> and uh, so they already Pito think, pizza. Let's clarify. yeah, they already think, they already think I'm crazy. Oh yeah. Sorry. Fathead pizza. Let me clarify. We don't do carbs here. <laughs> um, and so I remember, to be honest, like my fat body, I got in body done the day before and it said I was 8.5. But now that I know my body, I was probably, I probably really got to about 10%. I think at that point of the show, I was maybe 10 and a half. 
I'll say 10 and a half. When I got on stage, I was 10 and a half percent body fat. I don't think I cracked 10, um, which there's different variables for that. Not being completely consistent at the beginning. Um, you know, my metabolism has been jacked for years. And so the increase in calories for the very first, you know, phase of the diet really helped give my body a little bit more time to heal. It wasn't completely healed, but enough to where when I did start really getting below maintenance, it, it actually reacted and I got leaner. Um, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of variables that I know kept me above that. But anyways, leanest I had ever been. And I remember I got up and I kept my jacket on and I just started pumping and pumping. And I took my shirt off and like there were veins on my chest and on my shoulder. And I was like looking at myself in the mirror and I was like, who is this guy? Um, <laughs> this is crazy. And I, and, and I knew I wasn't that lean. Like I knew I wasn't that conditioned. Like the, the two guys that beat me because I got third. The two guys that beat me were definitely more conditioned than me. I just had size. Like I was like, I was probably the biggest guy on the stage um, in terms of like mm -hmm. symmetry. And, but anyways, I, I just, I remember being so floored by what I looked like. So that had me pumped. And I remember I was pumping up, pumping up. And I think that when I realized I wanted to do this, no matter the outcome of the show was right after I got done posing. Like I got done with my routine. I walked behind the curtain and I was like, oh, it's on. That was... <laughs> That was the best like minute and ten seconds of my entire life. <laughs> yeah, man, it's 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 so exhilarating. Like it's kind of crazy. Like somebody that doesn't understand the sport, they look at it, you know, from the outside and like, oh my gosh, you're you're putting all this time in the gym, you're starving yourself for months, you're just depleted, you walk around like a zombie, you get on stage in a you know little man thong and you pose for a minute and that's it. I mean, is that worth it? But I mean you can't even begin to relate like unless you've been on that stage and you've been right beside someone that's been through you know the entire process like there's no way that somebody could relate and it's just a freaking i don't know man it's addiction like i'm it's in my it's in my blood now oh yeah no for sure like i think when i walked out off the stage someone was behind the curtain and like stabbed the needle with like bodybuilding like want to in my arm when i wasn't looking and it just like it just became it's like a, it's like a spider-man bite just like got embedded in my dna I love it, man. I love it. So what um what what happened after that? Like just just kind of bring us up to speed as far as, you know, the emotions that happen right after you step off stage and kind of what's going through your mind. So I, I got off stage and this is the morning and I'm like, you know, at that point I was when I first got off stage, I was just excited. I was like, I did it. I got on stage. Woo, you know, because I was just scared of getting on stage. I, you know, uh a lot more self-conscious than I thought I really was. And, you know, I was just nervous about getting on stage. You know, we had talked the night, uh, you know, Wednesday and I was like nervous and, um, but I got on stage and I was just on this emotional high of like, you know what, screw these people. That was fun. You know, cause like, I got really, if the correct term crunk is the, is the correct term. I got really crunk when I got on stage <laughs> and like everybody, all I got all the crowd cheering. I was throwing my arms in the air. Like I, I got into it. I, I had so much fun. and. Afterwards, though, I'd say about once I got back into the locker room after the uh, the quarter turns, like mm -hmm. um, then it started to set in up. Okay, where did I place? Um, did I do my poses? Okay, you know. And so that was on my mind. Um, of course, everybody wanted to go eat lunch. I was like, okay, I don't know how much I can eat. Let's go to Five Guys. And I remember I tried to. <laughs> I was trying to call you because like I don't know if I can have a burger. <laughs> I was like, I was freaking. Out. I was like, what if I look fat for the night show? And um. Of course, you responded and said that's fine, and so I'm sitting there analyzing it, and I um I go to leave for the the I guess the intercession or whatever you would call it, um mm -hmm. intermission, sorry, and there was a pro there that had been there for the mock judging, and so I kind of had conversed with him before, and I sat down with him and talked to him, and we kind of had a conversation that kind of changed, though it didn't kind of it changed my perspective. You know, because I said, how do you think I did? What do you think I placed? And he's like, dude, dude, you're already focused on the wrong thing. It was like, how do you feel like, how do you feel like you did versus you? And I never really thought about that. And, and it took me a second. I was like, you know, this is the leanest I've ever been. It's one of the best, you know, apart from obviously, you know, uh, uh, spiritual, you know, experiences, probably the best I've ever felt. Best especially physically best I've ever felt physically and emotionally just like on a, on a real emotional high it was, it was amazing and and uh, I look at you know what I look like in that mirror right now and I look at my you know 
first weeks of prep and I don't even recognize myself. Like the the person is so different. And that kind of changed it for me. So like in the sense of like I had already won. Like that really like it was it was like a birthday cake, right? So like the cake was already there. Like the cake was I beat myself. It was me versus me and and I was the best me physically I have ever been in my entire life. And I can go on a limb and say spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, because this prep really helped me with my marriage, too, and and all that. And so I learned a lot of things from the prep, and, but th- this was the cake. I was a better me, right? And then so when I got the uh, – when we went back for the night show and we just repeated everything we did in the morning and we, and we placed and, you know, I heard that I had gotten third place. I got my trophy, you know. Uh, everybody's clapping and, and and I clapped, but I wasn't like, a, I didn't freak out. You know, it was like bittersweet. It was like the icing on top of the cake because the cake was already there. Like I didn't, at that point, like I wanted to win, you know, but I had already won, you know, like I had beaten yeah. myself. And so it was kind of like a real maturing moment for me, not only in my personal life, but also going forward in the sport of like, okay, next year, I don't really give a crap who's on the stage. I just want to make sure that I'm the best that I've ever been. Like, that's what I'm focused on. I want to get on that stage. And people go, who's that? Who is that? Because that guy is not the person I saw last year or the year before that. Like, that's what I want. Like, I really, I'm not, I'm not worried about these other guys. I'm not competing against them. I'm competing by myself because I know that if I bring the best me I've ever brought, the trophy's going to happen, you know? <laughs> yeah, 100%, man. There's, it's kind of crazy. I remember my last competition uh, before I stepped out on prejudging, like there's so many emotions, like there's just so many emotions that go into a show. And I I stepped out, I walked outside and I was like meditating, like on this park bench, uh, just outside of the venue. Like I was wrapped up in my blanket, the sun was beating down on me and it was just like a perfect picturesque day and moment. And I, I grabbed the, the my camera and I started vlogging it because I, I didn't want to miss, I, I wanted to be able to look back on that moment. I wanted to document it, but I just totally bust into tears and I was freaking just bawling my eyes out, but it was like such a, like good emotion. Like it was, it was the, the moments when I realized that regardless of the placing, I had won because I had just prepped for, I think four and a half or five months, um, all keto. I, I was successful in something that everybody told me was not possible because there was no like I didn't nobody that had done a competition with keto at this point like I was you know blazing my own trail like I didn't have any coach didn't have anybody so I was just doing this all based off of trial and error and self-experimentation and it worked and it worked in like a great great way so no matter what happened I had won and to be able to have that knowledge I didn't care what the placing was and like it just was surreal in that moment I was like busting out in tears, you know, Crystal had gone through all kinds of hardship with me to get there. It was just like a very, uh, it was just like, I was on top of the freaking world. And I, I got that on camera, like tears and all. And then I went on back on stage and I competed and I kicked butt. But having that, you know, aha moment, it's just like really brings to the forefront of everyone's mind that, you know, this is an individual sport and you, you, you play to win. Like I, I don't, I don't compete to get second, but at the end of the day, like, I don't care who is on stage. Like, I'm going to be the best that I can be. And that is powerful. I completely agree, bro. I completely agree. So tell me about reverse dieting, man. What are some things that you've learned? Because mm. the show was, is, has it been one week or two it's weeks been two now? weeks. Two weeks. So two weeks, you've been at a caloric deficit. What's the lowest we took you down to? 15 even. 1,500 calories even. And... What has it been like since that day? Um, so <laughs> I got off stage and we were supposed to go to a Brazilian steakhouse and we ended up driving to it and there was like this huge traffic line and I remember being so upset. I was like, dude, I want my endless steak. <laughs> uh, but I'm glad I didn't do that. That was God. God knew if I had buffet of steak, I was going to throw up that night. Like he knew it because... I went, we decided to go to another place called Taste of Texas. If you are ever in Houston, anybody listening to this, Robert, you included, if you are ever in Houston and you feel like taking your lady on a special date for about a hundred bucks, Taste of Texas is the place to go. It's this real fancy steakhouse. Um, 
endless salad bar. I mean, it's easy to be keto. Easy. Uh, we went over there and I got this, uh, I got a pound ribeye with a garlic and herb butter and then a side of like a asparagus and hollandaise sauce. And they have this endless salad bar and like literally they have like these, I don't know where they ordered this cheese from. It's like a two foot by two foot block of cheese. And when I say that, I'm not exaggerating. And they have like pie, pie uh, slice uh, to slice off the cheese. So like what you, you would use to pick mm-hmm. up a piece of pie, they have that to cut the cheese and it's endless. You can get as much as you want. So obviously I went crazy. I got these two like monster salads, probably a good, I ate a good block of cheese, easy. And then I had the steak and stuff. And then we went home and she had make like, she has all these keto cookbooks because my wife's keto too. And she had made like these keto, like unbaked cookies and we had rebel creamery ice cream. And so I ate a whole pint of that. And man, that was like easy. I mean, I, I, I think if I included the foods that I had eaten throughout the day for during the show, I, I think that, that day I ate like 7,000 calories, something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy, which was really weird because I woke up the next morning and just for fun, I checked my blood glucose and my ketones and I kept the ratios good. It was 80% fat. I didn't eat too much protein compared to my fat, but I checked everything and my blood, my blood level was at my blood glucose was 84 and my ketones were 2.1. And I was like, I cannot believe I'm still in ketosis after eating all that. That's obnoxious. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, this doesn't make sense. And then, so the next time I got cocky. So the next night I finished, I didn't want all my keto goods in the house. I thought if I got, cause usually if I get rid of all my like good stuff, um, I'm not tempted. And so I ate, you know, the rest of it Sunday night, it's like 3000 calories. I ate that day. And then like, and then it got hard. I I didn't realize, I didn't know, obviously I didn't know anything about reverse dieting, but that Monday, um, man, I was so hungry. In fact, I'm still hungry, but I was so hungry and it was so daunting to me. I'd eaten so much food the past two days. I had gained like nine pounds. Obviously a lot of that was water and sodium, uh, a lot of it. And so of course, like I didn't want to gain fat. So I... (laughs) The diuretic I was taking before, I took it for a couple of days to try to get the water out of me. Um, and I, I followed my calories somewhat. Like you gave me like only 100 calories more, which I knew was what was needed, but I didn't like it. I hated the fact that, oh, I had been so constrained for so long and this dude only gave me 100 calories. Like what is wrong with him? He's an animal. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so... I'm like struggling, dude. Like I'm struggling. Like the, I think the first day of my carbs, my carbs haven't been under 15 total carbs since before my show because I'm just eating so much Miracle Noodle and so much salad and volume. And so I'm, I'm struggling with this. I'm really, really hungry. And then Thursday comes. So Thursday of last week, this six days after my show, give or take five days. No, it's five days. And I made this like ice cream. It was, uh, my wife had made this banana nut cereal that I really, really liked. It was like, it was like 12 total carbs per serving, but like eight was fiber. It's like, like uh, uh, almond meal, hemp hearts and et cetera. And so I made like this peanut butter chocolate keto ice cream, like homemade. And I put like that in it and it ended up being like four carbs per serving and blah, blah. And it was like a great ice cream. Yes. So I got a serving and then and then I got half a serving and then I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm going to be working a lot of hours tomorrow. I'm probably not going to eat breakfast. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and eat half my calories now. <laughs> I like, so I put half of them in the bowl and then like I go to put it up and I'm like, oh, I should look the sides cause it's all messy. It needs to be clean. I need to smooth it out. So it freezes. Right. And then like, I remember I started eating out of the container and I couldn't, I got like in this trance. I, I couldn't, put the spoon down and you know I, I joke about it now but I remember at that moment it was so weird because I, I ate all that ice cream it was about 2300 calories worth of keto ice cream like 40 50 carbs 200 something grams of fat I mean and I ate it all in like two minutes like I was just shoveling it in and it was so weird and embarrassing that I had had you know, the level of control and built the level of control that I did for my prep. And I literally had never felt something where I, I literally had no self-control. Like I could not put the spoon down. And that was so weird and so hard for me. That was a hard pillow for me to swallow. Like being in a moment where I had literally like, 
I literally could not stop eating. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like when you hear people talk about like, oh, well, I couldn't stop eating. And you're like, yeah, you could. I kind of understand them better now, like in those moments. Like I I literally could not put the spoon down. It was it was so odd. It was so odd and really hard to um it was a really hard pill for me to swallow. It's it's kinda crazy, man. Like when you go through a prep, like twenty seven weeks prep like you did, and you're so dialed in for so long and you kinda like going back to what I was saying about flipping that switch, when that switch flips the other way and you have a little bit more freedom and there's not like any specific goal on the calendar of okay i'm standing on stage on this day so when you peak for that when there's like nothing looming it becomes so much easier to just you know go off the rails and then when you're in the middle of going off the rails it's like you're in this constant psychological battle with yourself of you know what harm is this doing versus do i not have enough self control to stop this and it's 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 hard to it's hard to explain for him that hasn't done that, but at the same time, it's, I don't know, man, like that, that's why I always say reverse dieting is like, you, you don't want to have like a finish line mentality. There's no finish line in life, right? So if you go through a contest prep and you put the finish line around that competition day, and after that, it's just free for all, then you're setting yourself up for failure. You have to, you know, stay on track and realize that there's a bigger goal a, you know, something to always be working towards so that you don't ever have just free reign to do anything because there's no free lunch in life. And if you have that mentality, you're going to set yourself up for failure. No, I completely agree. And that's kind of what it was I was battling with in my head was I had really developed what I could actually now consider true discipline and true consistency and, and all those things. And I actually had goals now, like this wasn't like a, oh, because someone told me, oh, you're going to go back and forth for a couple of weeks on whether you want to compete for life or try to go pro. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm going pro. <laughs> like, no, there's no guessing this. So I already have like these goals set in mind. I'm setting stuff up. And so I'm battling with this. Oh, I've been prepping for, like you said, prepping for 27 weeks dialed in. I want to enjoy myself, but also going, you know, okay, but I need the structure. I, I, I you know. I have goals and I cannot go back to the body fat that I was at. I'm not because then I'm going to have to like, my metabolism might be healthier. I might respond better to the next cut, but I'm still going to have to lose the body fat. I don't want to start there. I don't, I want to get to 15 and be good. You know, I don't want to start at 20, 20 plus percent body fat. Mm -hmm. And so that in the back of my mind has really helped because like, because you, you've been increasing my calories every week, right? By about 100 or so, trying to make it match my refeeds. And that's the pro obviously the proper way to do it. I started really diving into like uh, binge eating and, and, and reverse dieting on YouTube um, to try and understand what was going on with like, you know, like ghrelin and leptin and all these hormones and what really happened to my body during the prep. Because I never really thought to like go, okay, so what's going on with me hormonally during the prep, you know? And so I finally started studying it and really understanding the the repercussions of the extremes that come with bodybuilding um, that I really didn't even know existed. I knew it was like hard on you. I didn't realize what it did to you uh, metabolically and hormonally, all those things. Mm -hmm. And so to be honest, you know, like the past couple weeks after Thursday, I, I think that following weekend. So last weekend I woke up Saturday at my stage weight, which really freaked me out. I was like, how did I eat? 15,000 calories over what I should eat, but I'm waking up at 182. This makes no sense. <laughs> Freaked me out. So, and I definitely know that's because it was ketogenic. I definitely know it's because I follow keto. If I would have eaten that many carbs over, I would be an Oompa Loompa right now. I accept that. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy, man. Like when I did my contest prep and I immediately followed that with more than doubling my calories, doing that whole 21 day, 4,000 calorie challenge thing. Like I didn't know what was going to happen. And if I had done that with carbohydrates, I would have been huge and gained a ton of, ton of body fat. But doing it keto, like from a, from a natural bodybuilding perspective, I can honestly say like I don't know how anybody is doing a contest prep and not doing it fully keto adapted simply for, for all the host of benefits. But just from the reverse dieting standpoint alone, like that alone makes it worthwhile. No, for sure. Um, because you know, and I think it's important to be transparent um, when it comes to like following your macros and tracking and all that, especially with your coach. And so, you know, like you've been giving me these calories and 
even though I had those couple of days of binging and then Labor Day came and, and I stayed, I've been like, I, I don't, I haven't been following them exactly because of, you know, it's so like one side of me is trying to eat, trying to be lenient, trying to allow myself some wiggle room. But like, I won't like, like 2000, I, I've been staying under 2000 every day. Like, um, because like, I still have that control. I still have my goals and I'm still trying to lean, uh, uh, flexibly follow what you've given me. Uh, and so it's been a struggle. It has, it's been a, a very much a mental battle of like, okay, how do I find this balance of giving myself freedom and at the same time still being structured and on top of all that dicing on the cake, not stressing out about it, um, has been so interesting. And so far though, I feel like my response to the reverse diet has been good. Um, I can definitely feel my hormones picking up a little bit. Uh, the hunger has not stopped. I went and got my in-body today. I'm like 11% on the in-body, so probably more like 12, 12 and a half, 13. I probably, I probably, I probably gained about percent of body fat. I've gained like, uh, I'm like 185, depending on my water weight, sometimes 186, one time, sometimes 148 or 184, sorry, 184, 180, around 185. So I've gained about three pounds. How much of it's fat? I don't know. Um, cause my water weight still kind of, you know, it fluctuates depending on the salt, mm -hmm. et cetera. So I feel like I've responded pretty well so far. I'm still so freaking cold. I hate how cold I get right now. Like once we got like yeah. four weeks out and you know, like we're grocery shopping today and I'm like, we're in the freezer section. I'm getting goosebumps and I'm like, Oh, why am I so cold? <laughs> yeah. I always have a beanie on like when I'm in the contest, probably it'd be like summertime. I've got, you know, freaking long sleeve sweatshirt and a beanie yeah, on. It's so funny you bring that up because I remember watching some of your videos and I'm like, dude, this guy is always in a freaking beanie. Like, where does he live? There's no way he lives in Arkansas. It is not that cold. <laughs> but I understand now. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of funny. I mean, like, things just start changing. Your body just starts changing. But in, in, in that, you just get so much more in tune with your body. Like, doing a contest prep is the best way to really figure out for one, what you're you're capable of, you know, mentally, physically, and emotionally, but also from like a, a technical standpoint, just to really get dialed in and in tune with your body. Like, okay, what what is X stimulus do to my body, and and why? You know, like that is is powerful, you know, information and knowledge to have at your fingertips because then you can manipulate things on the fly much more effectively. Um, but yeah, like I, it, it's crazy. I mean, like when I when I get down that lean, like when you're down you know, super, super lean, you know, single digits, like I got down to three and a half percent body fat, your body's basically, there's not really a whole bunch, there's not really much of a, you know, surplus for your body to feed on. So it's pretty much giving you real time feedback with everything that you're doing and everything you're subjecting it to the foods you're eating, the training, everything. So I could eat like an avocado and know exactly how my body's going to respond and why, you know, I, I could have like a, a, bowl of miracle rice and know exactly like to the t when that's going to go through me like it's weird man like it's it's cool though to know your body so close like and, and i don't think you would be able to accomplish that same kind of you know in tuneness with yourself unless you've been that depleted and taking yourself down to that level and and really just are getting that real-time feedback see i'm so into bodybuilding now that i want to do that i'm like man i want to get to three i want to know what that feels like i want to eat miracle rice at three percent body fat i'm curious <laughs> I want to know what that feels like. It, it's crazy, man. It's it's a whole it's a whole another beast. Um, weird weird things start happening though. when you get down to like sub five percent body fat. Like, I mean that that's like the necess like necessary body fat for survival. So when you get below that, you obviously don't sustain it for very long. But I mean, like your hair stops growing, your fingernails stop growing. Like it is malnourished. I mean, it's not something that you're gonna want to do forever. Like it's not natural to be you know, sub 5%. So you have to do a lot of unnatural things to get there. But it's it's a cool experience to have for the time that you're there, you know? Yeah, no, I definitely, you know, uh, listening to some other bodybuilders on YouTube and stuff, and what you just said, um, uh, well, I, can't, I can't remember his name, but one of them was like, he said, you know, obviously we want to be healthy with our foundation, but there gets to a point in bodybuilding where you're obviously not doing it for health reasons, like what you're doing, <laughs> like... <laughs> Like you have goals, like yeah. the health kind of goes on the back burner. And so, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And like, I'm, I'm all about advocating health. Like I think keto bodybuilding, I mean, they go hand in hand. I think it's, it's very healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But when I go down that low for such a short amount of time, like I'm trying to improve my my psychological health. Like I'm trying to see what I'm freaking mm. capable of. Like where does grit come from? You know, taking myself to dark places to see the light. Like that is benefiting me from a, like a psychological health standpoint. And, and that outweighs that temporary decline in physical health, in my opinion. No, I actually, to be honest, I never thought about that. I really just, I just learned something new. I never thought about that aspect of it, but you're right. That's crazy. Yeah. Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next, man? What, what's next on the agenda for Jonathan Shane? So next, I have a, I have a couple goals. Um, I really have like my personal goals. Like, so my wife's in nursing school. She's about to graduate this year. And so when we first got married, before we got married, you know, I sold one of my cars to pay for school and we got married. And I told her, I said, Hey, I want you to pursue you. I want you to focus on your dreams. I'm going to provide for you. So my, my mom got me this job at this commercial pest control company. And I kind of, you know, I'm definitely a personable person. I'm a go getter. Uh, I know the attributes that I have that can make me successful. I, I know that. And that's not out of pride. That's out of confidence in what I've been equipped with as, you know, for me as a person. And I did, I took off with it and I have been successful with it. Um, and I've been able to provide for her, but it's not my dream. Like, I don't want to kill bugs for a living. You know, like I love the cut, I love the, the, the relationships and all that, but I want something else. And fitness has always been on my life. Um, you know, ex- since I was, you know, younger, as we talked about earlier in the podcast, and so I've always wanted to help people just change their lives. And I, I'm not really, I wasn't really sure about how that would come to fruition. Um, but, you know, I have a heart for people with eating disorders. I completely understand that pain, that struggle. I have a heart for competitors now. Um, I have a heart for people in the church because a lot of people don't know this, but the American church as a whole, uh, obesity is a real epidemic. They really don't care about their physical bodies um, and what they eat, what they put in it. And so I have a heart for that. I have a heart for just overall, uh, you know, getting people healthy. And so there's just all these avenues in my life that direct me to wanting to help people change their lives in a health and fitness from a health to fitness aspect. And so I really want to start pursuing that. I want, I want to pursue that career. I really want to get involved with it, obviously ketogenically, because I'm not going to sit there and say that, you know, oh, you're wrong. I'm right with someone that doesn't do keto, but I believe obviously to the point of extremes, aka bodybuilding, that keto is the best way to handle uh, nutrition and health and, uh, you know, uh, uh, mental clarity and and, uh, overall just well-being. So just pursuing that is something I really, really want to do. And I want to make that a reality. I I don't want to do pest control. I would love if in five, six, you know, six months from now, a year from now, you know, Ashley's doing nursing school. So I don't have to be made, you know, it's not about the money. I don't have to be making a bunch of money. I just want to, you know, have a platform, have a foundation to pursue that and help people change their lives. And then from a competitive standpoint, I want to be a pro by 2020. That that is my goal. My goal is at some point to step off a stage at in 2020 and be a professional men's physique bodybuilder. Um, now, what that's going to look like going forward, I don't know. I'm either there's two scenarios really. Either I'm going to compete next year in June for a pro qualifier show. That's here in Houston. And then I'm going to, depending on how I do, even if I go pro, which would be awesome, but depending on how I do or regardless, there's a show in Fort Worth, Dallas. It's the it's a really big one. Like if you win that one and go pro, you get to go to Vegas and compete in their world championship kind of thing. It's a big one. So I would do that one in 2020 of October. So next year, June, then October, the following 16 months later, which 16 months is plenty of time to reverse diet back out, put on plenty of quality mass, and then come out swinging. Or um, I do like a mini cut next year, see how it goes. My body responds well, go with option A. If it doesn't, and I still need to tweak some things, take my notes, get my data, figure out, you know, obviously connect with you, figure out what we can do different for the next prep. And then the following year, 2020, compete in June and go for my pro card. Um, so that's kind of the two big goals I have right now. Um, you know, obviously growing my YouTube channel and, and my, in, my influence there, I'm actually going to do my first, uh, recipe, uh, vlog next week or no, not next week tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to make chili, man. I, I watched your chili video. Um, oh yeah, this is all for copyright issues. Um, I saw your chili video <laughs> and I was like, oh man, I want to try and like one up him on his chili recipe. So 
I'm going to, I'm going to try. We're going to see what happens. <laughs> do it, man. Do it. I need to get back into like the recipes. We, we're getting everything set up now. And I've kind of alluded to this in a couple of my videos, but we're going to get the, the keto savage kitchen back up and running. Oh, I loved it. And I, and it helped me a lot during my prep. And to be honest, dude, I, I so I've taken like five culinary classes. That's one thing I absolutely love cooking. Like at some point, if the fitness career takes off, like I wanted to, and that another like small goal I have, like a long-term goal, I would love to open up a keto restaurant, like call it Keto John's Kitchen or something like that. Love yeah, it. I would love to open up like like a ketogenic kitchen. Like I love to cook. It's like a definitely a passion of mine. Uh, food obviously is a big part of my life, uh, both the negative, both at times in negative and positive ways. And so I'm really passionate about you know quality foods that can taste good. You know like. I love coming up with keto desserts that don't need erythritol. I like just use like pure stevia extract. When I nail one of those, I'm like in your face, keto cookbooks. You don't need that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's one thing. A lot of the the keto recipes that are out there currently, they just pump a whole bunch of you know sweeteners in there, and I don't know, it just it just dilutes the quality of the food that that could be there. So I, I don't I don't like those. Yeah, either. no, it's frustrating. Like me and my wife will like see a cookie recipe, and we'll go, man, that looks good. Only two carbs a cookie. And we'll end up putting, because my wife is very uh, meticulous, and she'll put all this stuff in my fitness pal for the recipe, and she'll go, John, there's like eight carbs per cookie. And I'm like, what? And they're like, they didn't count the erythritol. And I'm like, oh, that that's irritating. <laughs> yeah, not cool at all. Not cool at all. Well, sweet, man. I'm excited for you, brother. I got, I mean, good vibes all the way. You got your heart's in the right spot. You know, I think doing this competition has been really good for you on all fronts. And it's, I don't know, like it, for me, Doing a competition, like the lessons I learned from it bleed into every other aspect of my life and the same is going to be true for you. No, for sure. And, you know, and, and on that note, you know, I, I really do want to personally thank you. Uh, you know, obviously, I know I did the work. Obviously, I know that, that it was me changing my life, but um, you definitely gave me, you were, you were definitely a big part of my foundation that gave me stability, encouragement and, and advice and wisdom and just everything that is needed the tools needed to just like, you know, propel me forward. And, you know, and I am extremely, extremely grateful. Like you, you really have made a huge impact on the course of my life for sure. I truly appreciate that, man. It's, I mean, for me, like as a coach, I, I, I want to empower, you know, the client to do what they, what they can with the, the resources they have. And I don't know, like for me, it's just the most fulfilling, rewarding thing is seeing somebody take themselves to a level they didn't previously think possible. And the human body, the human mind is so much more capable than people give it credit for. So to see people take it to that next level is like literally that just, I mean, I don't know, man, it gives me freaking goosebumps thinking about it, but that's, that's what I live for. So being able to do that and empower others as a coach, I mean, I couldn't ask for a greater compliment from you. So I appreciate that, man. No problem. You earned it. <laughs> you deserve it. <laughs> I appreciate it, brother. I certainly do. Well, where can people go to find out more about you, man? Follow your journey. Um, all right. So I have an Instagram at the Keto Road. So just T-H-E-K-E-T-O-R-O-A-D. Um, that's my Instagram tag. And then obviously I have my YouTube channel. My vlogs right now, I just got my iPhone 8, which I personally got this phone for vlogging because the quality of the camera is 4K and it's got great editing software. And so I really wanted, because my vlogs aren't going to be like crazy edited. And so I wanted something that wasn't going to be extremely expensive because my wife's not going to let me buy a vlogging camera right now. Um, but something that I could like edit, you know, if I'm on the road, if she's driving and I need to get a video out and I can't get to a computer, I can literally pull out my recordings on my phone and use the editing software. And I can make my video and post it. And so the vlogging, but the vlogging has gotten a little bit better. But, you know, you can follow that. You can see my entire contest prep. You can see like when I started the, the, the page to like my peak week. And so all that's in there. If you're kind of curious to see, you know, what's going on in my head. Uh, and then obviously my Instagram page, uh, you can go see like, you know, photos when I first started my prep, et cetera. I have a um, Facebook page, The Keto Road. You can follow that, or you can just John, you know go to Jonathan Shane. There's a picture of me um, at my competition. You can follow me, and uh, it's a little bit more spiritual there. Fair warning: I am a, a, a associate pastor of a church, so you're going to see a little bit more of you know scriptures and encouragements, both spiritually, mentally, and physically. You're going to see it all on that one. So um, you you can follow me at any one of those. Love it, love it. Well, I'll link out to all those, man. Make it easy for people to find you. 
because you got a cool story, man. I'm excited to to see you grow and and see where you take it. No, for sure, man. And, and yeah, and hopefully, hopefully, you know, we can definitely uh, you know, walk that journey together. I really, you know, I haven't really talked to Crystal much, but um, you know, I enjoy uh, I would love to enjoy getting to know y'all better for sure, and you know, make y'all part of you know my uh, you know, my pursuit of my goals, etc. For sure, man. For sure, we're we're in it to help as many people as we can with it. So we'll definitely set that up, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jonathan, man, it's been a pleasure, and uh, we'll be in touch via Slack for the for the macros. But I really appreciate you, you know, giving me your time on the podcast. It's been a pleasure listening to it, and um, hope somebody else, you know, gleans some words of wisdom or motivation from it. Because, like I said, you got a cool story, and I think people that have been in a similar position or are kind of debating, you know, whether or not to, you know, cross that line and jump into a competition. I think I think it's good to hear stories like yours, first time doing it. You know, it really brings it to the forefront. And, and illustrates that it's possible and worthwhile for sure. No, I completely agree. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed, you know, being able to share it. And I hope it does impact somebody's life for sure. 100%, man. 100%. Well, until next time, brother, I'll talk to you soon, man. All right. See you later. Take care, buddy.